Ar-Rahmaniya Press brings you this pin to pad podcast, The Life and Call of Sheikh Abdullah Al-Qara'awi. So it is truly a pleasure to have the opportunity to interview the author of a new book entitled The Life and Call of Sheikh Abdullah Al-Qara'awi. This book is authored by our dear brother and diligent student of knowledge, Abul Hassan Malik Al-Akhdar. The brief dialogue we'll have will give us the chance to get the author's viewpoint on important questions that may come to the mind of a reader or listener, and it will give us a glimpse into the tremendous journey that this book takes the reader on. So please sit back and enjoy the interview. Can you give the audience a brief overview of your new book? Well, the name of the book is The Life and Call of Sheikh Abdullah Al-Qara'awi, Rahimahullah. The Sheikh was born in the region of Nejd um, in, in Saudi Arabia, and he was actually orphaned as a young child, as a baby. Actually, his father died uh, a couple of months before he was born. His grandfather also died uh, that same year. He was raised by his mother, who was known to be a very righteous woman, very noble and honorable woman who would take him to the lessons. She would go to the lessons every day and she would memorize Quran and sit in the circles of the scholars and and she would benefit. And she would take her children. And of course, Abdullah, Sheikh Abdullah would be one of her children. She would take him with her. And they would, and and he, so he grew up in an environment of learning, uh, memorizing the Quran at a young age. And she encouraged him uh, very much to to become a student of knowledge. Uh, That's what she really wanted for him. She desired that for him. He also was raised by his uncle, Abdul Aziz. So his mother uh, and his uncle Abdul Aziz was was also was a merchant. Um, so he come he came from a family of merchants. Um, they would go and they would sell uh, goods and merchandise um, in different areas, whether it be in Iraq or uh, other than that. And so he would go with his uncle, and he became a merchant, uh, selling camels and uh, different merchandise and, and products. Uh, but then eventually he wanted to seek knowledge. He desired to seek knowledge. So he actually, after that uh, desire, he traveled to to Egypt. He traveled to, to Sham, traveled to different areas, you know, trying to find uh, someone to study with. He was unable to find uh, anyone to, to study with in those two places. So after seeking some advice, he was advised to go to India, to Al-Madrasa Ar-Rahmaniya. And so he went there and he studied. He was there about 10 months, the, the, the first trip, the first time. And, and which was, a, he, by the way, it was a huge undertaking, right? You have to understand he was going to a distant land, a far off land um, where the people spoke a different language, right? It wasn't, they didn't speak Arabic there. So this was a, a huge undertaking. So he went, but he only stayed about 10 months the first time uh, studying. His mother sent him a letter. She wasn't, she wasn't well. She was sick. Sent him a letter um, requesting that he come home. So he dropped his studies, made it, you know, excused himself with his teachers, and he uh, traveled day and night to get back. But by the time he returned home uh, to Saudi Arabia, his mother had already uh, died. She died actually about six days before, before he came. Um, so he set up a couple of shops there. He began to, you know, uh, sell merchandise, um, still would travel around and seek knowledge. And from his teachers, one of his main teachers was actually Sheikh Muhammad Ibrahim Ali Sheikh, 
the former mufti of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, rahimahullah. So he studied with him for a time. Um, and, you know, he returned afterwards back to, to India again, to Rahmania, and studied there for a while. Uh, eventually he finished the school there, came back to uh, Saudi Arabia, again, studying, setting up shops. Um, and from these shops, he would actually teach the children. He would take time to teach the children, give them lessons in Tajweed and Tawheed and, and Fiqh and, and all these different, all the different sciences uh, of Al-Islam. It's a tremendous uh, thing because, as I said, these were many of these schools started off in just shops, you know, his shops that he would sell his, his goods out of. Uh, he eventually uh, begins to hear because he would spend time with Sheikh uh, Muhammad Ibrahim Ali Sheikh and he begins to hear about some of the situations and circumstances going on uh, in the southern region uh, of Saudi Arabia and northern Yemen. And he would begin to hear people who had went down there, traveled down there from from callers and what have you, and, and what they would explain about the circumstances there. I mean, shirk, uh, the mausoleums being built over graves and uh, people making dua, supplicating to the dead in the graves, these affairs of shirk, all kinds of magicians and sorcery and evil customs, uh, these circumcision events that they would have. They would have these events where they would circumcise the young the young boys. And they wouldn't be young, by the way. I mean, I, honestly, they would be uh, young adults. And they would be circumcising them. And they would have these ceremonies. And there would be interming intermingling of men and women. There would be music, all kinds of things going on. And uh, so there were a lot of evil customs. And there was, of course, as we, as we mentioned, affairs of polytheism. Heresies, all kinds of things that were that were going on there at that particular time. And he would hear about these things. So it came to his mind. He thought about going 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 south, going down to give give dawah. Um, and, and it was a dream he actually had. There was a dream that he had, and in this dream, he saw the Prophet وسلم, pointing south, pointing towards the south. And when he woke up, he went to his Sheikh Muhammad Ibrahim Ali Sheikh, and he explained the dream. And the Sheikh actually said, Inshallah, this is a good dream. Right? He interpreted it as a good dream. And this sort of uh, solidified uh, Sheikh Abdullah Al Qarawi's desire to go to the South to teach. This was part of what, this was one of the reasons that, that sort of solidified his desire to go to go South. And so uh, he traveled. Uh, not long after that, first he went to Mecca and then, then on to uh, on to Jizan. So when he arrives in the area, as we mentioned, there were a number of heresies and, and as we said, uh, affairs of shit going on. And one of the first things uh, the sheikh did was he established a, a shop. Again, a shop. He was a merchant and he put his goods in the shop. But as he says in his uh, Risal al-Qara'awiyah, the personal memoirs of Sheikh Abdul Qara'awi, one of the first things he mentions is that he started teaching there and again he was teaching the, the youth the young uh, boys uh, teaching them as we said tajweed tawheed fiqh all kinds of different sciences and, and aqidah of course creed belief and so this was the foundation of the the sheikh's dawah there in the south so the sheikh would travel day and night different areas teaching setting up schools building schools ultimately building over 2,000 or starting as we should say over 2,000 schools um, in the area and the schools sometimes they would be just simple rope and 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 uh, date palm branches and 
you know, you know, just the, your basic materials, right? The very, very basic materials. And it just might be built, you know, between two trees, for example. Very simple structures in, in many instances. But they were centers of learning. They were centers of learning. And, and some of, of course, some were more elaborate and bigger. And, and students would come and they would learn and they would benefit. And they would go back to their, their villages and their regions and they would and they would teach. So that is certainly a very um, important part of the of the Sheikh's biography and of the book in general, the, the Sheikh's call, his work, right, and and not only building schools and centers of learning, but also digging wells. Um, he used to dig wells in in particular villages where people didn't have wells. So these were Im- important things in 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 the Sheikh's mission. Um, so that's the foundation of the book, and it just we sort of talk about all of the efforts of the Sheikh there, and there were tremendous efforts, and there were so many things that that he that he went through um, in the uh, establishment of, of Tawheed, um, and it was a very difficult task. It was very difficult, and he he faced many hardships in in that in the course of giving da'wah there in the south. But um, as we know, the victory is for the believers in the end, the victory is for the believers. And so he had a tremendous uh, effect on that area, uh, changing, as we said, many of the customs, uh, first and, f- and foremost, by the, the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And secondly, uh, as we said, by the work of the Sheikh and his students. So that's the kind of an overview. And then, of course, we go into the, the later parts of his life, some of his marriages, um, of course, some of the travels and trips, some of the students, meeting some of his students and, and teaching them his teaching methodology, and ultimately his uh, his last illness, his final illness, and in his death. Um, so we cover the entirety of his life uh, in the book, uh, as they say, from the beginning to the end, right, from birth to to death. We cover everything in, in the book. Sheikh Abdullah Al Qaraawi is not well known in the West or in the English speaking world. What prompted you to make him the subject of a full-length biography? Well, exactly. Sheikh Abdullah Al-Qara'awi, rahimahullah, is not known, um, very not, not well-known. I don't want to say not, he's not known because, of course, some of his students, the likes of Sheikh Ahmed Al-Najmi, rahimahullah ta'ala, al-alama Ahmed Al-Najmi, of course, um, when you read the biography of the Sheikh, then you learn that he was a student of Sheikh Abdullah Al-Qara'awi. So there, there, you will find uh, a biographical sketch uh, out there uh, on Sheikh Abdullah Al-Qara'awi. But what I found was that you wouldn't, you, you couldn't find much beyond that, right? You couldn't find much beyond that sort of a biographical sketch, short, a short biography. Uh, of the Sheikh, and I was surprised to be honest because of you know how influential he was on so many the, the great scholars of our time. Sheikh Zayd al Madkhali, um, he was his teacher, right? And we have one of the um, one of the stories in the book when he first came to Sheikh Zayd's village when Sheikh Zayd was a young boy. Sheikh Zayd remembers the incident, and we tell the incident uh, in the, the story in the book. Uh, Sheikh Ahmed Najmi, we just mentioned, Sheikh Rabi'ah. The first Hajj Sheikh Rabir made, he made with Sheikh Abdul Qarawi. And uh, it's a beautiful story. We mentioned that in, in the book as well. And there's another story where Sheikh Abdul Qarawi actually uh, wrote parts of Al Usul al Thalatha in Sheikh Rabir's notebook with his, you know, in his own handwriting, Sheikh Abdul's handwriting. And it mentions that the Sheikh Rabir, uh, Hafidullah, 
you know, it, that he cherished this notebook, of course, right? His sheikh had, had written these, uh, you know, these notes in there. So he mentions that he put it away with some of his other books when he went to study in Riyadh and, and, and in Medina. And he, some months later, he came back only to find that uh, some, some insects, some term, like termites, had, had eaten through the books. And including that was the, was the notebook. And that saddened Sheikh Arabiya tremendously um, when he discovered this. So anyway, so a number of the Sheikh students, again, from these great scholars that, that, that we know, and we know of them, of course, and, and we're quite familiar with them, but, but not as familiar with their teacher. You know, one of the people, as we said, who was responsible for, for really changing the circumstances there, you know, about the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, changing the circumstances in the, situ- in the, in the situation there in the southern region of, of Saudi Arabia. So, yeah, it's true that he's not very well known. And that was probably one of the main reasons why I wanted to, to write the book. But ultimately, the 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 real reason for wanting to write the book is I was just amazed. Um, just a brief, quick story. We, when I was living in, in Saudi Arabia, and I mentioned this in the introduction of the book, when I was living in Saudi Arabia, um, I was living in Arar at the time. Um, this was um, the first time I, I lived there um, for an extended period. I was living in a city uh, called, called Arar in the north, the northern region. It's near the border of Iraq and uh, Jordan. We we learned that there that Sheikh Ahmed Najmi was coming to Riyadh to give to give some 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 muhadarat, some some lessons, some lectures, and I, of course I was excited. I had something. I had a, a relationship with Sheikh Ahmed for years, you know, via telephone. Right, I would call the Sheikh quite often, almost sometimes weekly, and I would ask him different questions whenever concerns or issues would come up. I would call him, contact him, and he was always uh, he was always so available. He made himself available for us, and I would ask him questions on different issues, whether it be fiqh or aqid or hadith. And the Sheikh, as we said, was always generous with his time rahimahullah very helpful uh, you know uh, always wanting to aid the people and so when i heard that he was coming to riyadh you know this was a tremendous opportunity you know for me to you know finally see the sheikh in person to meet him and, and spend some time with him and, and benefit from him and so i traveled to riyadh and i stayed of course with my, my longtime companion Tariq porter hafizahullah and we actually went with some of the other students of knowledge there in riyadh we went to the airport to pick sheikh ahmed up and uh, we greeted the sheikh. We um, got him to his hotel. We, uh, you know, of course, eventually went to some of the, the lectures. And in one lecture in particular, Sheikh Ahmed Najmi, uh, he began to talk about Sheikh Abdullah Qarawi. And just briefly talked about, you know, his influence on, on, on him and on the region and on the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and beyond. And talked a little bit about his method of teaching and his aqidah and... And I mean, it, it, for some reason, it just it just resonated with me. It just stuck with me. This 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 story. And again, it was it wasn't a, he didn't talk about him like you know for an extended period of time. It wasn't a long, um, you know, sort of uh, talk about the sheikh. But you know, in that lecture, he when he touched on Sheikh Abdul Qarawi, it was just something about you know the way the sheikh talked about him and 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 how he honored his sheikh. And so I a mental note. I just made a mental note. And and after that, I went to find out as much as I could, everything I could find out. Uh, about the Sheikh and coming across a number of, of biographies, Sheikh Rabi has a biography that he that he wrote, a brief biography. Uh, we translated that um, and made it a part of the shorter work, which is Al Risal Al Qarawiya, right? The personal memoirs 
of Sheikh Abdullah Qur'awi, his own personal book um, that he wrote um, at the request of his teacher, Muhammad Ibrahim Ali Sheikh. So I mentioned that. So anyway, that biography and another biographies. And so I had decided at that point, this was a, long, this was a while ago, I had decided at that point that I would I was going to pen the biography of Sheikh Abdul Qarawi. That was my intention. And it took a lot longer than I had expected. Of course, um, uh, being uh, sort of distracted by other projects and, and other you know issues, um, it, it took longer than expected. Um, but later on, of course, when we visited um, uh, the UK, um, we visited our brothers there in, in Cardiff and then our, our brothers um, from Salafi Publications. Uh, we visited them and we had um, some a beautiful lecture uh, out in Cardiff. And uh, had decided to read the biography of Sheikh Abdul Qarawi from Sheikh Rabi's uh, book, um, To the Kid and Nabihin. And I just, you know, it, it resonated with the, uh, with the, uh, with the, the, the attendees at the lecture. It was, it was tremendous. I was, I was so, um, I was so astonished. I was so excited to see, you know, how, you know, it had uh, resonated with everyone there. So. I, I, that sort of renewed my my desire to to get the book done, but again, you know, other projects and and things again sort of um, you know took up times. But then eventually, um, we went for Umrah uh, maybe a few years back, and we visited Sheikh Rabir. And it's always Sheikh Rabir's way to ask us, "What are you teaching? What are you doing?" All right? He wants to know what efforts you're putting forward, you know, in, for Islam and, and for the Muslims, uh, for the sake of Allah. And so, uh, you know, along with mentioning some of the classes that that we were teaching, I mentioned that I was working on this biography of Sheikh Abdul Qarawi. I really wanted to hear the Sheikh's, you know, thoughts and his advice and opinion on it. And and I, I, I really, it really seemed like the Sheikh was uh, was pleased to hear that. You know, that's that's what I, I saw from him, that he was pleased with that. And he said to the effect, he said to the effect that, you know, this is good. The people need to know the lives of the, the heads of the da'wah, the leaders of the da'wah, the elements of da'wah. Um, and so, again, that, that really, uh, you know, further inspired me um, to sit down and, and, and try to get the book done. And so um, we had to reach out to a number of the students in Riyadh and uh, to find different works, um, different biographies that I didn't have access to here in the States. And uh, by Allah's permission, I was able to get those those works and able to uh, complete the biography. Can you share a couple of interesting anecdotes from the Sheikh's biography? Well, as far as interesting anecdotes or stories in the book, I mean, there, there are just too many to even, I guess, even sort of mention um, in, in this uh, brief interview here. Um, but I will say that a couple of them do jump out uh, at me, right? Just just thinking about them. Um, one incident uh, with the Sheikh, Rahimahullah uh, Ta'ala, and this was this story was actually, um, this is when the Sheikh was actually traveling. Uh, he had been away from um, his family, his, his children for, for some time, traveling and seeking knowledge. And then of course, in, in the South, teaching and establishing the Da'wah there. And so he wanted to go visit his children. So well, part of the, the trip, he took a, a boat, right, a vessel, and as they were as they were traveling uh, by sea, going to Jeddah, the the waters began to to rise and the winds began to in, you know intensify, and it got pretty rough. I mean, they thought that the ship was going to capsize, 
And so the people on the ship began to call on others besides Allah. They began to, to make shirk. So in that moment, Sheikh Abdullah, with, you know, with the, the wisdom of the scholars, with the wisdom of the ulama, uh, he, and, you know, and the people of Tawheed, he began to you know, admonish them and remind them of their Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah alone is deserving of worship and he is the only one that is deserving uh, to be called upon at du'ahu al-ibadah as we know from the authentic narration that the du'a supplication is worship and so the shaykh was explaining for them that this was shirk that they were doing and and actually the shirk that they were performing there was worse than the the mushrikun of old right Um, and so he admonished them, and, and, and you know, as the as the waters kind of calmed down, then they kind of got themselves together a little bit. But then it mentions in the, in the story, as the waters began to you know rise again and the winds intensified again, they went right back to calling, you know, on God's besides others besides Allah. And Sheikh Abdullah continued to admonish them and exhort them and and and, and teach them and explain to them and clarify clarify for them. And he continued to do that until they reached uh, Jeddah and they docked safely. And he didn't just leave it at that. He gathered the people around him and he uh, continued to teach them and exhort them regarding Tawheed and the worship of Allah alone. I mean, just an amazing story. It just shows, you know, the the, the, the firmness of the Sheikh and, and his, you know, his belief, you know, in, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, even in, in those moments of, of, of difficulty, um, those moments of, of, uh, of tribulation and hardship. You know, firm upon Tawheed and, and calling and inviting the people to Tawheed and reminding them of their Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's a tremendous, tremendous thing. Another story that, that I that another anecdote, another story in, in, in the in the Sheikh's biography that I think is is, is is very captivating as well, is there you know, of course, any caller is going to have uh, adversaries, enemies, um, people who are envious and jealous uh, of them. So the same was with uh, this was the case with Sheikh uh, Abdullah. And so there were those who were claiming that he was a, a magician, um, that he was a spy, um, that he was actually trying to set up a rival uh, government in the south against the against the kingdom. So when this word had reached uh, Riyadh, it had reached the, the leaders, the rulers, um, they sent a committee down to just to investigate, to see what was going on, to, to investigate and check on things and make sure everything was 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 OK. So when when they when they got there, when they got to Jizan, and they got to the Sheikh Center, uh, they began to discover, you know, they came in and the students were there, and the Sheikh, you know, would, would call on one student, and one student would stand up, and the student would 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 answer questions about Tawheed. Um, and then another one would stand up and he would answer questions in, in different issues of Aqeed and another one was there. And, and so when they saw this and they saw the, the school and they saw the methodology of, of the Sheikh and, and his teachings and his creed, they knew that, that everything they had heard were lies. They understood that everything that they heard were lies. And, you know, they sent word back. They sent the telegram back to, to the king um, praising Sheikh Abdullah. Well, uh, the king took uh, the telegram and he went to the masjid of Sheikh Muhammad Ibrahim Ali Sheikh, who was, of course, as we mentioned before, the, the teacher, one of the teachers of Sheikh Abdullah Qarawi. So the king says, this is what the committee came up with. This is what we found. Uh, so he says, um, so Sheikh Muhammad Ibrahim says, well, that's my student, right? You know, he's from the best of the people, you know, and, and begin to praise uh, Sheikh Abdullah. And the king was pleased with this. This, this, this. this definitely pleased the king. And so he ordered 
um, that a stipend be given to all of the students and the teachers in the schools of Abdul Qaraawi. All right, so that is, a, I believe, a tremendous, tremendous story. Another one uh, is an assassination attempt. And there was there were actually a, a couple of, uh, of assassination attempts against the Sheikh. They, a couple of times they tried to kill Sheikh Abdullah Qaraawi. And so a group had, a group of assassins, uh, conspirators, they had um, come together and they had hatched this plan that they were going to attack the sheikh. And how they were going to do it, the sheikh, as we said, on weekends he used to go out um, to give da'wah in the different villages and he would ride his his, his uh, donkey. And so what the, the plan was is they decided they were going to cut the girth, you know, the, the that holds the, the saddle and what have you on the, on the animal. They want to cut the bottom of that so that when he began to ride, especially on the rocky, hilly areas, that he would fall. And when, when he would fall, they would they would as they were following him they would be able to jump out and surprise him so it mentions that when he was riding and they thought everything was going according to plan they jumped out at the moment they thought they were going to 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 attack and kill the sheikh but fortunately the sheikh was able to uh defend himself and he was able to sort of fight them off. And one of the assassins mentioned later on that when his knife fell, he was too embarrassed to pick it up again. <laughs> he was too embarrassed to pick it back up. Um, so one of the people who was actually accompanying the sheikh, they saw all of this and they were able to, to, to you know, uh, help him. And so these men, these co-conspirators, they were actually arrested. A little later on, they were arrested. And when Sheikh Abdullah found out that these men had been arrested, he actually came and, and implored the emir, the, the, the leader there in the area, to actually let them go, you know, to, to release them. And, and this touched those individuals so much that they, ret- they repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from their actions. And one of them actually went on to be one of the engineers um, in, uh, or workers in one of the schools of Sheikh Abdul Qur'an later on. Uh, just, a, just a tremendous story. I mean, the, sheikhs, the stories of the Sheikh's patience and forbearance um, is just it's, it's amazing. You know, it's, it truly shows... Um, you know his 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 forbearance, his patience, and in, in the call to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala upon the methodology of the prophets and the messengers. Can you walk us through the process of writing the book? Well, the process of writing the book, I've 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 talked I talked a little bit about that previously. I mentioned uh, sort of the background and what was the sort of the reason or the catalyst for. Uh, for 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 authoring the book, for penning the book, but as far as the the the, the process, the process, I guess I could best describe it as as we say fits and starts. Um, but ultimately, I guess one of the things I can add to what we mentioned earlier, the there were a number of different works that we used uh, to compile this book, um, and I think the most important of them for me, even though it was short, and, and I mentioned this before, Arisal al Qur'awiyah the personal memoirs of Sheikh Abdullah al-Qur'awi. As I said, it's a very short book, but the reason why I say that it was it was so important, it was so vital, um, is because it really is it's written in the Sheikh's own words. It's written in the Sheikh's own his own words. Um, him clarifying his 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 lineage, his youth, uh, something of his background. And so in that way, in his, his da'wah, his, the construction of schools, and he goes year by year. And so for me, that was the foundation of the book. And also there's an, another tremendous biography. One of the students of the sheikh, well-known student of the sheikh, um, his name is Umar ibn Ahmed uh, al-Madkhali. 
and uh, he was one of the students of the Sheikh, and he wrote a tremendous biography of uh, Sheikh Abdul Qadawi and Sheikh Ahmed Najmi actually wrote the introduction. He wrote the introduction or the foreword to uh, to this biography. And so they, they, they were, those two were the main two. They were the main two works um, that we used. And there were other works. There were other works, a number of other works. Um, but they were the main two works. I think they were the foundations uh, of the of the biography of Sheikh Abdul Qadawi. So it was a matter of gathering all of that also um, finding every interview that I could find um, every interview that I could find from the uh, from students of the students of the sheikh or even some students uh, one of, a couple of the students of the sheikh I was able to find um, interviews with them them talking about Sheikh Abdul Qarawi um, so we you know all of that research went into it um, so so that was the, the process right it was it was a, it was a long time of, of gathering information um, sifting through the information putting everything together interviews um, as I said um, works and then ultimately taking all of that and sort of uh, mining from all of that. Um, what would would be the the biography before before the, the the readers? What is the most surprising thing you discovered while researching for the book? Something surprising in the course of research, as far as something I found surprising um, during the course of research. Honestly, one of the one of the things that surprised me was that Sheikh Rabir, his first Hajj that he made with Sheikh Abdullah Al Qarawi, uh, that was surprising to me. Um, also, another thing that surprised me, uh, Sheikh Abdullah, there was one there's one incident in his life when he was going to a village to give da'wah and some of the uh, some of the people, the, the adversaries of the da'wah were in that, that village and they actually tried to block Sheikh Abdullah from from entering into the village. And um, his entry, right, not allow him to come there to give da'wah. So the sheikh went to the uh, uh, to the uh, the chief the, the, of the tribe, the leader of the tribe there, and proposed marriage to his daughter. And the the man accepted, you know, and, and ultimately the sheikh married uh, his daughter. And be, of course, they became relatives, in laws. And this opened the way for the sheikh to be able to come in and give da'wah in that in that area. Uh, I just you just see the sheikh's. Um, I mean, just his his intelligence, his brilliance, uh, his patience, um, his his dedication uh, uh, to giving dawah. So the stories like that surprise me. Just to, to show his ingenuity and his ability to sort of, uh, um, you know, work through obstacles. The key challenges for me in the research of the book that the biggest challenge was that I wasn't able to travel to the south to visit the area um, where the sheikh lived and, and gave da'wah. Um, so that was the, the biggest challenge that I would say. Of course, when you, when you, when you write a biography like this, you want to, right, you, you should travel to the places where the person lived, see where they lived, um, see the area. I don't care how many years later it is, of course, the Sheikh died in, in uh, uh, around 1969, right, in the Gregorian calendar. But you you want to go and visit the places and, and visit, if you can, relatives and, and try to get um, firsthand accounts if possible. So I would say that was probably the, the, the biggest difficulty um, as it relates to compiling uh, the biography. Another one, which is also 
you know, I attribute the second issue to the first. Um, there were villages in the South um, that I wasn't exactly sure the proper pronunciation of those villages, the Vupt, you know, how to pronounce them properly and how to write them, how to transcribe them. And so, I, of course, I reached out to to people that I know who live in, in the region and who are from the region. And I, it was funny because um, one of the brothers I reached out to from the region there were certain names of some of the villages that he wasn't certain about. He wasn't sure about. And so he contacted some of the uh, the elders in Swamilpa, and uh, they were able to help me um, with the proper pronunciation of the some of the villages there and the, and the, the proper transcription of those villages. Of course, you want to get everything you, you want to get everything right, right or as, to the best of one's ability. So that was a tremendous help and aid for me. But I would say that was the, the, the biggest difficulty that I faced in the course of the compilation of the biography.